0: They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two Bald
1: Pastors. Welcome to Two Bald Pastors, a podcast about real faith and real life. I am Jeff Abaldo. And I'm Joe McGarry. And we are two follically challenged pastors serving in congregations of the New England Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, or as we like to call it, the ELCA. Hi, Joe. How are you today?
0: I'm doing great, Jeff. How are you?
1: I am doing lovely. We are going (laughs) to have a follow-up conversation about our conversation with Rich Melheim.
0: Yeah, and Rich was so gracious to give us some time to talk with us a little bit about what he is doing, about some of the things he has done. Uh, he is an amazing, amazing man. High energy. To say Very those. high energy. And we caught him off guard a little bit. Uh, he just came back to his home from international travel, so I think he was a little jet-lagged when he had our conversation with us.
1: I think so, but it was a lot of fun. He had uh, a lot of to share, especially around the science of, of brain development and how we think about things and grow. And uh, I thought that was pretty amazing. How about you, Joe?
0: I did, too. I was fascinated. I think, you know, once we really kind of got into the meat of the conversation, I was taking notes about uh, what he was saying, uh, but also realizing we could listen to it later. Um, but then also, when he got into telling stories about the Faith Five I just really connected with that and was re-energized with uh, that practice and incorporating it not only in in what my family does at home, but also into the life of the congregation.
1: Yeah, me too. I really like the Faith Five a lot. Um, when his book came out, Keeping Your Family Together, I bought a bunch of copies. I, I handed that out to uh, confirmation families for a couple of years to kind of start the year. Um, and now they've got... Uh, at faith5.org or at faithinc.com you can get the bookmark which is great because that gives you a little it's just a little summary of what each of the faith five are and you just shove it right in your bible and um, it just helps you walk right through so it's it's great so why don't we spend a little time today just talking about the faith five uh, maybe going through what each of them are and then um Joe, you had a really great idea of getting our families to talk a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think explaining you know, a little bit about what the Faith Five is, because we did go over it with Rich, but just to really continue to integrate it into our own lives is really important, I think. But then to kind of bring our kids in, because this is something that we both do at home, and just kind of give an example of what it would sound like for a family or a group of people to do the Faith Five. Both of our families have have really enjoyed it. I know my kids really enjoy when we go through um, each step, and and we'll talk about that a little bit and give some examples of how we have used it in our own lives.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned use it in your congregation. What kinds of things are you doing, Joe?
0: So right now, um, when we get together with our confirmation class, we go around and we do our highs and lows, and when we do biblical scripture type stuff we we talk about it then it's incorporating faith into our life and that's kind of what we talk about here on the podcast too is part of faith five is to read the scripture but then to to incorporate into our highs and lows what are the things that are happening in our lives and how does it relate to scripture because scripture can incorporate into any aspect of our lives and how do we see that connection and the more connections that we are able to make we live into the word a little bit more and and a little deeper
1: yeah, I like that. We I do that too. I I think with my confirmation group I actually structure the lesson as the Faith Five. So together with highs and lows and then to talk or read what we're going to read and a lot of times i'll kind of map it out on the dry erase board i like to draw pictures and then talk about it and then pray and then have them bless each other at the end and by you know the time goes so fast all of a sudden it's time to move to the next thing
0: right right how do you find the the blessing part of it especially with uh, confirmation students do they really get into that do they like it not like it what do you see uh
1: some days they do some days they don't i try to do something really basic with them and just kind of say you know god bless you or something like that but um What I did this year for our uh, Wednesday nights in Lent is we've tried the dinner church model the last uh, couple of years. And uh, this year, rather than um, follow the traditional liturgy, so to speak, uh, you know, with gathering, word, meal, and sending, what we've done is I've used the Faith Five as the headings. Oh, wow. So, you know, so when we gather together, it's about catching up and getting our highs and lows with those around the table. And uh, that that's that seemed to have worked. Then we'd get our food, you know, and then we can read the scripture we're going to and have a conversation about it, pray, and then I have everybody, um, after we have communion together, then they bless each other. And that uh, that has worked very well. I've, I've been very happy with that. I've also tried to introduce it like the beginning of, you know, instead we don't really do a rally day, but like kind of our beginning of the Sunday school year, I got a ton of those Bookmarks. I still have probably twenty, thirty of them sitting around. But I, I grabbed a whole bunch of them and then I, I gave them to, I had families come. It wasn't just the kids. And then uh, we kind of went through what it was, and everybody went home with a bookmark. Part of the morning. I mean, there was other activities we did too to make it kind of goofy and fun. But that was that was the meat and potatoes part. Nice of the day. And uh, at camp, Kelly met one summer for family camp. That was my theme for the week. So at each of our morning worship times, when I had a time to speak, I, I went, I used each one of these as uh, kind of the topic of the day.
0: I was there that week and I remember you doing that and I thought that was just phenomenal and, and exposing more and more people to the Faith Five, it's helping Families incorporate their faith into their daily life?
1: The main thing, I think, is to take, is just to wrap your brain around, rather than go to church to get your faith formation. It's more like we do this as a family, and then we're going to come to church and kind of share what we've learned and share the questions we've asked. Right. So now what we're doing actually is resourcing each other, rather than like coming to get the goods. It's a huge shift, and it's going to take a lot of time an effort to really make this shift for real. But at least in the future, that's what I'm kind of hoping to do with the Faith Five. And maybe worship on Sunday morning starts to reflect it a little bit more, too. I know there's a number of people experimenting with it. I think it's a great resource. I think it just it makes logical sense to me, just as a relational tool of how you can engage people and get them talking and, and feel supported. I mean, we, we have a few small groups here, but we don't have like a quote small group ministry but if i had ever start one it would be centered around this around the p5 yeah yeah i mean there'd be different topics and you know some people read books and stuff like that but but i would i would structure people's time around these five themes because i think it just it works i think it brings people together in a very positive way so why don't we just spend a little time talk about each one and um see where we go from there sound okay
0: joe yeah sounds great why don't you get us started what's the first one
1: Okay, so first, why don't I just say what they are? I think we kind of missed that in the podcast with Rich. Maybe he said it, but he kind of started going through each one before really talking about the whole process. So, um, the whole idea is that every night in every home is kind of his tagline that you're going to do this at bedtime because at bedtime, that's when your brain will then think about it the rest of the night while you're sleeping, which is kind of just kind of cool to think about. But certainly in other ways, it works as well. So, here are the five the first one is share. The second one is read. The third one is talk. The fourth one is pray. And the last one is bless. So by share, what is that, Joe? You want to just talk about that?
0: Sure. Share is talking about the highs and lows in your life. What are some of the things that happened during the day that were really phenomenal, that really stood out as a a great thing in your life? And then what were the struggles? What are the lows? What are the things that did not work out the way that you were expecting or the way that you were were hoping? And when we use this model at confirmation camp, a colleague of ours, John Hopkins, uh, calls them blessings and bummers. So Mm -hmm. we went around the the fire circle at night as as a youth group during confirmation and talked about our blessings and bummers. So someone would say, my blessing was the camp wide game uh, tonight. It was just great, we were running around having fun. And then, oh, okay, we talked about that a little bit. Uh, what was your bummer? Most of the time, especially at camp, the kids stop and think and say, oh, I didn't have any bummer today. And then as a group, we'd say, oh, that's a blessing. So yeah, so it's going around and saying, you know, our highs and lows. What are what are the great things that happened during the day? And what are the things that uh, happened that weren't so great? So.
1: I found even just if you do highs and lows with groups, it uh, it helps loosen the tongue. You know, it yeah. just it gets people feeling more comfortable. Um, it, it creates an intimacy among the people that are there. You know, the first couple of times you do it, people are like, "I'm fine," you know. But you, <laughs> or you or you, if people really don't want to talk, you got to give them permission to pass. Um, but if you do it a few times and people know it's coming it it really is helpful It kind of warms people up to be able to talk about the other things you want to talk about but it it also helps set the stage for what your what your context is right it's it's what's on your mind and right. if you can put in front of the group however big the group is your family or a small group or whatever um you know these are the things that are our concerns and our joys we can we can then hash them out a little bit you know
0: Yeah. And and as we go along in the process, it really helps connect these highs and lows with God and and scripture. And so as we go along, we'll incorporate the highs and lows a little bit more here, but it's a very powerful way to start the process. And like you said, if if all you're doing is the highs and lows, if that's all you have time for, or if that's all that you have the ability to do, I think that is a great way to start. Absolutely.
1: Uh, The second one is read. I've discovered in working with the Faith Five for several years now, that this is where people get hung up. Yes. Yeah. It's, well, what am I supposed to read? I don't know the Bible, or I don't, you know, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here, or if, if I'm supposed to have some real deep theological training or understanding of, of what it means. Rich had a great suggestion, is just to use the text that was preached on on Sunday.
0: Right, right. Uh,
1: I think that's brilliant. That and is it's brilliant. It's so simple. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you have the text, you, you've you heard some sort of context with it in the sermon in on Sunday. So even if there's something that you remember after reading the text, oh yeah, uh, Pastor Jeff talked about this on Sunday. It, it's, it's really kind of a, a great way to start in thinking about what to read when you have the Scripture part. And it's okay to read that same Scripture every day, the whole week. You see the Scripture a little differently every single day. Read the Good Samaritan, for example, if that's what was preached on Sunday. One day you can talk about the, the robbers that beat up the guy. One day you can talk about the people who pass the person by. You can talk about the Good Samaritan. And, then, and, and what does that mean for you? How can we be Good Samaritans to other people?
1: Yeah, one of my favorite courses that I had in seminary, and you and I went to different seminaries, and maybe you had a class like this too, but we had 30 in the room, and the assignment was... For the whole semester, we all were given the same text. It was the Matthew 25, goats and sheep. That okay. was the passage. And we all had to preach a sermon on it. We all had to present a Bible study on it. And we all had to give like a, like a little brief meditation on it, like a devotion kind of a thing, like something you'd use with a smaller group. And so that was it. I mean, that was the assignment. And then we spent the rest of the semester each leading each of those things with the class. And I was amazed. I, I mean, this is what I learned from the class. So there was thirty of us in there. We all each came up with ninety different things about the wow. same text. Uh, you know, when you put it all together, and it, for me, it was just so eye-opening. It wasn't like, oh, this is, this is the Bible verse. This is what it means. Let's move on. Uh, it was just no. It's it's being open to uh, God's word and your life and the context you're in and how God is reaching you through those words. And um, I just thought that was amazing. So absolutely. To use the same thing all week is great. I mean, I think that's wonderful. I used to give people either um, that daily text resource, you know, that had like a different Bible verse each week or yeah. each day or a, um, uh, you know, there's a daily lectionary you could do. But people get lost in it, truthfully. So I think re- repetition is is really, really good. And, uh, you know, it helps you if you're to, uh, as the catechism says, gladly hear and learn it. Um here's here's a real opportunity to do that to really dig into something and um whatever it is i think that could be really really fantastic
0: yeah and then the scripture really becomes a part of you and your family and you think about it and you know when when i'm asked about how how do i prepare to preach on sunday each and every week you know the best way that i know how to prepare a sermon is first read it at the beginning of the week so either sunday afternoon or monday morning I read the scripture that I'm going to be preaching on for the week, and then I just live it out. I live it in the conversations that I have uh, throughout the week. I live with it in my prayer life, in so many different ways, and and I just think about it. And you know, I do other preparations during the week too, but I think that is the most effective way is just to integrate that scripture into my daily life and and what I think about and the conversations that I have.
1: Yeah, and I've got a weekly um, Bible study group here at church that meets for breakfast. Uh, same thing. You know, it's just, it's getting other people's perspectives on it really helps. Yeah. Um, I think it helps my preaching. I think it helps my understanding as just a person. I look forward to it. It's, it's kind of fun to talk about the scriptures that you're going to then preach on. Um, I know pastors get together and do that, too, and I've, I've found that valuable. But somehow, it seems more valuable to me to be with people in the congregation doing that.
0: Yes, definitely, definitely. And... Um,
1: Yeah, and then if you're doing it at home, too, I mean, really, then it's, I mean, imagine showing up for church on Sunday, and the sermon time is, so what did we learn about this text this week?
0: (laughs) Right, right, right. You know,
1: when people started talking about it. That could be really just pretty cool. The next one is talk. So this is where it can get interesting. So um, the application point is to take the highs and lows that people have shared in the group. And the Bible reading that you've read, and try to put hand in glove. So it's it's not necessarily what do the scholars say about this text. It's not necessarily you know, what is the traditional view, or um, you know, what's the right way. You know, just kind of all the things we've just been talking about. I mean, there's all the that kind of work. You there's plenty of commentaries and things you can read to get a deeper understanding. But it's about you know your good Samaritan example. How am I a good Samaritan based on the things that have happened to me this week? You know, that's, that's the application point you're looking for.
0: Right. And it's also, as you talk about the text, it's incorporating your conversation about the highs and lows in that, right?
1: Absolutely. Right. So you can also say, you know, say you had a real bummer, you know, um, you could talk about, just to, again, to use the Good Samaritan story, uh, the people that did help you along the way, or the people that didn't, uh, you know, in the midst of that. Right. And then, okay, and then how how can I be a better person to reach out to others?
0: How can we be the Good Samaritan? Right, or did right. you see someone who was in trouble during the day, uh, someone who was getting picked on at school, or uh, someone who was really struggling with something, and did you pass them by, or did you right, exactly. lend a helping right. hand? So.
1: Right, so, I mean, and, and not every Bible verse seems so blatantly obvious. Uh, right. <laughs> you really have to think about it, but sometimes, uh, I mean, and Rich would say this, I think he did say this in our conversation with him, is that's where real creativity comes, is when you've got two things that are kind of in separate avenues, and now you're putting them together. That's your text with the context piece. It's also one of the things, anybody can do that.
0: Right, and and like you said, we're not looking for biblical scholarship, we're not looking for accuracy of... Text, or am I interpreting this in the right Lutheran way, or, or whatever? It's just having a conversation about the text. What, what are your thoughts? What are your feelings about this text? And how can we incorporate people's highs and lows into the text? And then after the conversation is over, it's lifting all of that up to God in prayer.
1: Yeah, and to throw some theological words on it, I mean, it is about the living word, then right it's about yes. how god's word is impacting us and we would say i think from a lutheran view in law and gospel right it's it's the things that call us out it's the things that give us promise it's the things that name our humanity it's the thing that names god's reality and, and just kind of how we we're, we're entering the world the word then gives us a framework to start to understand ourselves and god and the world we live in and it's and a new Brand new way each time
0: it's really a beautiful thing when when all of this starts to come together and as you said what this brings in is an intimacy in the gathering whether it's your family whether it's a small group at church or the church council or just a, a group of people that you want to gather with uh, family and friends to go through these first steps and then To lift all of that up to God, to hand it over, is is really, really a great thing.
1: Again, I think adults get scared off because they they, they don't want to misspeak. But kids intuitively get this. Yes, they do. You say, this is, you know, okay, here's the Bible verse and here's what happened. What do you think about that? They will give you an answer. I mean, they'll, they'll just dive right in, usually. Especially if they've done it before. You know, after you do it a few times and it's kind of anticipated.
0: They don't have that that sense of, I'm not sure what to say. they just like, that's okay, right. I'm going to tell right. you what I'm thinking. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And to get at the whole heart of, you know, part of our faith is, you know, when a child will lead them and having a faith like a child. I mean, that's what it's about. It's about reclaiming that for ourselves. We tend to make it so cognitive all the time that we forget about just, you know, where the heart is and where the rubber really meets the road. Right. So let's talk about prayer next.
0: So, yeah, prayer. After we have this conversation about text and incorporating our highs and lows then it is a time for prayer and part of this process is to pray for one another right
1: that's right so again what you do when you pray is um we have certain prayers we say as a family um you probably too a lot of people do but to try to incorporate some of the things you've talked about between the highs and lows the bible verse and the conversation if you can incorporate a couple of those things into the prayer that's pretty life giving and it helps you know we say a lot of prayers you know be with everyone who's scared or sick or hungry or having a hard time but and those are phrases that we've we've said since the kids were little with them but you say you know my bummer today was i did poorly on a test or something to bring that back in during the prayer time and and talk about it in, in as a as a prayer practice too I think that i think that helps
0: yeah and it's lifting each other up in prayer at least that's exactly. the way that i that we we do it is is to pray for each other so we each talk about the prayer before we do the praying and say okay okay you know mommy's gonna pray for Addie and we start out that way and we assign that so we know and think and have an idea because i think for many people including many adults i find praying out loud in front of our group is very intimidating it's hard uh, i don't know what to pray for i don't know what to say or or how to do it so to at least initially to give everybody permission okay i know that i'm praying for this person and this was their their high and low and i'm going to pray for for that and not to spell it all out but to have a general sense of of what they're going to have to pray for and then it becomes a little more natural as you go along and as you do it more it becomes easier and easier
1: yeah, that's a really good idea. We usually just have one person pray. Usually, it's Tammy or I, but okay. sometimes, sometimes the kids will do it. Um, a lot of times by that time they're so tired they just want to be done. But yeah,
0: <laughs> well, and sometimes the prayer isn't very long, it you know, and then I kind of wrap it up at the end and and say what I what I would like to pray for. And sometimes I pray for everybody, but yeah, we 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 want our kids to to have a sense of what it feels like, what it what it is and to experience praying out loud for someone in front of a group. And it's it's our family. So it's a little safer place for them to do that. But eventually, you know, as they get older, they'll have uh, a better sense of being able to pray for other people out loud and, and have that have that experience.
1: Yeah, and that's something, I mean, we always kind of close our prayers with that. You know, be with everyone who's scared or sick or hungry or tired or having a hard time, and then we'll name people there, right. uh, too. And then, you know, we'll I guess then kind of we ask everybody around the circle, okay, who else, you know. That helps. I also like, like that because then it, uh, it kind of includes everybody. Uh, when my sister was young, we, we were both young. But her, she would always end her prayer with, and for everybody else, amen. <laughs> like,
0: That's good. That's, That's pretty good. Inclusive. It's very inclusive. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> You don't forget anybody that way.
1: Yeah. And the last one of these is to bless one another. How has your experience of that been, Joe?
0: I really like this. I find, again, bringing this into a confirmation class, it's a little weird for the kids to do it at first because you are kind of getting into each other's personal space a little bit because part of the blessing that I really connect with and, and think is important is to, to have your hand on the person's head and then to mark the sign of the cross on their forehead as you bless them. Yep. And yep. it, is, it is a little touchy-feely for some folks, but again, the more that you do it, the more comfortable people become with it. And it's a really, really neat thing. And just thinking out loud right now, what if during this time of the peace in a congregation is a time of blessing? Yeah, right. You know, instead of going around and shaking hands and some people hug and and that's all, you know, that's really great. But what if it was, we are not only giving each other peace, but we're blessing each other, which makes it a little stronger connection there, a little more intimate uh, for a congregation.
1: Yep. Yeah, I like that a lot. One of the things I've noticed in our family is sometimes when we get, for lack of better terms, lazy and, and don't do it every night, don't do the Faith Five every night, the kids still want a blessing. Right. That is the piece that stands no matter what. And that's really cool. Uh, the other thing is it's it's kind of integrated into other parts of our lives, so it's not just the bedtime blessing. Like I'm going away for a week today. Yeah. Like my kids both bless me before they before i left oh wow out.
0: that's nice that's nice you know that that's just
1: that's cool i mean that's they they didn't nobody asked them to do that you know i was just hugging them goodbye and they the sign of the cross on my head and you know reminded me that jesus loved me and they do too and be safe and we'll see you soon i mean it just it's great that's really you know? great yeah there is a power to ritual especially ritual with action where you're involved and um These five steps, I think, provide a very nice ritual that's accessible to everybody. And I think they have a flow to them once you get into it. You know, to talk about your day, to read something, to center yourself in Scripture, to then talk about how those two fit together, pray how all three of those things (laughs) fit together, and then to, to be a people of blessing. You know, so often people look at people of faith, or Christians in particular, as is the judgmental ones? They want to curse everybody for not being as good as, as them or something. But no, that's not who we are at all. It's a it, we're called to be a blessing and to bless others. And if we can start by doing that with the people we've been entrusted to most, our our families, and then our faith community, and then our wider community and people we connect with, I mean that can that can bring some real good.
0: It could bring a lot of good, and it's, it's a very simple thing. I think a difficulty for some folks is to think of, okay, well, what do we say when we give a blessing? Yeah, what do you use? We use God loves you, Jesus loves you, and I love you too.
1: Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, we just say Jesus loves you and I do too. So it's usually Jesus loves you on the downstroke of the cross, and I do too is the left to right. At least nice. when I do it, that's how I
0: do it. <laughs> <laughs> talk about ritual, right? <laughs> right. And it's it's cool. It's cool. It's really cool. And like you said, it, once it becomes a part of who you are, and it becomes a part of who you are pretty quickly, uh, it's something that when it doesn't happen, you, you, you do miss it. You do right. miss it.
1: Just another thing just to maybe end on before we transition into bringing our families in to talk. You know, one of the... Martin Luther wrote a lot of things. One of my friends says he never had an unpublished thought, so there's volumes and volumes and volumes of things that he's put together. But one of his his early things was that parents are the bishops of the home. Yes. And uh, I think in a lot of ways the church in the United States in particular, and it's probably true in other places too, but this is where we are, has lost that. You know, it's like you go to church or you don't go to church, and that's kind of the end of the conversation. But if faith really takes place in the home with those we're most intimate with, our families, the people we care and love about more than any other in this world, and that's the center of where faith happens or where we talk about it, it just enhances everything else. It becomes the lens through which then you do go to church, you go to school, you go to work, you talk to your neighbor, you you know do anything, work on your taxes, whatever. Um, it, it becomes the way you view the world. And then it it is a part of who you are.
0: Yeah, and and the home is where you can gather all of that together. You know, it's not a segregated life. You know, like you said, when we go to church, we do church stuff. When we go to school, we do school stuff. When we go to work, we do work stuff. But when we come home, that's when we bring all the areas of our life together, and to have a way right. as a family to process that yep. is is critically important to the to the life we of the family in it you know i know in my family and i'm sure it is with your family as well we're running from one activity to another and sometimes right. some days we feel like we hardly see each other but if we have that planned special time every single night when we gather together and we go through this process it's like oh yeah you lived your life out there by going to work and basketball practice and boy scouts and and all this other stuff but we come together you can share with the family what your experiences were, what your highs and lows were and you still remain connected. And it, it it might not be an everyday thing. It might be a 3 day a week thing to start out with. Um but that, you know, just to do it one day a week is yeah. more important than not doing it at all. So it's not about doing it every day and being perfect about it. It's it's finding the time to connect with one another. And sometimes it is when you go to bed and other times it might be Oh, well, we have late meetings tonight, so we're going to do the Faith Five during dinner. And so your dinner conversation is highs and lows and reading scripture. And then before you go off to your other activities for the evening, you can give each other that blessing. And uh, it's still an impactful and very important thing to do. Absolutely.
1: And uh, yeah, if nothing else, just to have the highs and lows because so many of us are running around we don't talk to each other. Yeah. Here's a place to reconnect and be family together. You know, just how's it going? Right. Because <laughs> so often, I mean, it's just so easy to live in your own little world and not realize you're not as connected to the people you care and love about the most. Um, but you can actually share some real real connections, even just by starting with those highs and lows. And again, I, for me personally, the blessing is where it all comes together. It's just that it's, it's very powerful. It's very meaningful to me
0: yes i agree all right so
1: just to recap the faith five with rich melheim share read talk pray and bless
0: we're going to transition into bringing our families in here and experiencing what does a faith five sound like when a group of people come together to do it so thank you jeff for sharing some of your thoughts about it and and helping kind of break down a little bit about the faith five and i'm Now looking forward to getting our families together and and to do it together.
1: Yeah, thank you too, Joe. It's always fun uh, talking together and uh, processing some of this stuff. So yeah, I look forward to uh, the bigger conversation we're about to have.
0: Two Bald
1: Pastors. We are back, and Joe and I each invited our daughter to come and join us. So with us, we have Addie and we have Mia. Uh, Why don't you guys introduce yourself? Addie, why don't you go first? Why don't you tell us who you are, what your age is, and what your favorite animal is?
2: So, my name is Addison. I'm nine years old, and my favorite animal is a horse.
1: Awesome.
0: Nice. And what do you you like to do with uh, horses, Addie?
2: I like to ride them.
1: I've seen lots of pictures of you riding. That's pretty fun. All right. We also have with us Mia. Mia, why don't you introduce yourself. Tell us your name, your age, and your favorite animal.
3: Hello, and guess what? My name is Mia. Hi, Mia. If you didn't know that. I am 10 years old, and I like anteaters.
1: Mia is probably the foremost anteater expert in the state of Connecticut. I would be willing to guess.
0: Wow, what is your. uh, She knows
1: lots of things about anteaters.
0: Yeah, Mia, what is your attraction to anteaters?
3: Um, I don't know, I just really like them.
1: Several years ago, we went on the World Wildlife Federation and she adopted an anteater um, because she saved up some money to help save some anteaters and then she also got a stuffed animal with that. So Digger came into our lives. So Digger has been a constant companion, right? Okay, well, now that we're all together and introduced, um, we are going to do a Faith Five together, which you may remember from earlier in the podcast, is to share, read, talk, pray, and bless. So first, we are going to go around and just do highs and lows. Who would like to share their high and low from today first?
0: I'll go first. So my high for the day is that uh, I was pretty productive in my work today. And I got a really good jump start on my sermon for Sunday. So I spent a lot of time working on my sermon and I have an outline for this Sunday. So I was pretty, pretty pumped about that. My low is that yet, yeah, well, it kind of ties over from yesterday. We still have a lot of snow here mm. in Gardner. So uh, that is my low is that uh, we're we got a lot of snow and I wasn't able to ride my bike outside today. Alright, so Addie go ahead, you can go next.
2: My high was that I had girls on the run today.
0: Oh. Tell everybody what girls on the run is.
2: Um girls on the run is where there's a group of girls and we basically we basically like run around a track and do a lot of some games. And my low was that we have a lot of snow.
1: I sense a theme.
0: Yeah, yeah. When it starts snowing in April, it becomes a low very quickly.
1: Right. Well, my low is a little related to that, although we do not have any snow. My low is actually from last night. I woke up and I was very, very cold. Even though I had my blanket on, I had to go and get warmer pajamas on and a warmer hat. And I even put a fleece on because I was just—I shivering. I woke wow. up shivering, shivering cold. I was just very, very cold. But I, and I worried that I was going to get sick or maybe I was getting sick, but it turns out I'm not sick. So that's good. My high is I had a very good worship committee meeting today. It was excellent. We had good turnout, good participation, and we planned a lot of good things for the church.
0: Wow, nice.
1: And uh, another high is Joe's going to share his sermon notes with me. No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, Mia, you're up. Give us your high and your low from today.
3: Well, my high is being on two ball pastors.
1: Nice. Do nice, nice, nice.
0: you have another high?
3: I got to go out for ice cream today, which nice. was fun.
0: For any special occasion?
3: <laughs> no, nah, I just felt like going for ice cream.
0: Cool.
1: Mom picked her up after school. They had a little date. Nice. How about a low? Did you have a low?
3: Um, my low was getting up this morning because I was really tired.
1: Because of the late night not falling asleep, which is also a low, right?
3: I think I'm nocturnal.
1: I think you are, too.
3: That makes sense.
1: All right. So everyone has shared their highs and lows. Now we're going to read. We had um, Doubting Thomas on Sunday. Everybody remember that from church?
3: Yeah.
0: Yes, yeah. I
1: remember. Addy, you remember? Yeah. Is there any part of the story you remember before you read it again?
3: There was a guy named Thomas and he doubted.
1: Man, you're good.
0: Tell
3: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, by the title.
0: Does anybody oh, what? remember what Jesus said when he came into the room with uh, Thomas and all uh, the disciples? What does he first say?
3: Peace be with you.
0: Peace be with you. Nice.
1: Awesome. Okay, so our reading is from John 21. Thomas, who was also called the twin, one of the 12 disciples was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Mia,
3: peace be with you.
1: Exactly. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. The word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God.
3: Wouldn't it hurt, like, if you put someone's hand in your side?
0: I would think so. I think that (laughs) would be a hurtful thing, yes. Yeah.
1: But he's really just showing him that he's really there is what I think he means.
3: And he's awesome, so,
1: yeah. Right. Jesus is awesome. Remember that, everybody. (laughs) So what kind of doubts do you have? Anything about your highs and lows that maybe um, tie into your doubts?
3: I doubt that I will be able to go to sleep today.
1: Yeah, you kind of doubt that a lot, don't you? You have hard nights.
3: Yes, it's not very good.
1: Would you say it's getting more so?
3: I don't quite know.
0: Hmm. Eddie, do you have any doubts that are related to your highs and lows? You're you're doing this, Girls on the Run, and what's the the culmination event? What's what are you looking forward to do with Girls on the Run?
2: At the end. Girls on the run, we're going to do a 5K. I doubt that I will actually finish it.
1: It's a pretty solid doubt. Yeah,
0: because how... how, Do you remember how long a 5K is?
2: 3.1 miles.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of miles, right?
1: That is a lot of miles. But we think you can do it.
0: Yeah. We think you can do it. And and just like Mia, you know, we, we... know that it probably is a hard time for you to fall asleep right now, but we, we uh, think you can do that as well. Jeff, do you have any doubts? Oh, I have lots of doubts. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: I, I doubt that. Um, well, a lot of times it's about just trying to keep track of everything. So like, I'm really happy we have groups of people working on stuff, because I usually doubt if I can do it all. And uh, some, I'm not particularly good about saying no to things. So um, it's nice when you're with others and they're saying, I will take care of that, or why don't I work on that? And I hope church groups are like that, but uh, not always, but uh, I, do, I do doubt that sometimes. How about yourself?
0: Well, it's not every week that I get a jump start on my sermon. When I sit down to write my sermon, or at least have an outline, I have a lot of doubts on on if what I am putting together, or if what I am writing is going to be able to connect with anybody on a Sunday morning. So I, I have these ideas that I think, oh, this this sounds pretty good, or this is a good resource or a good quote that I'm putting in my sermon. But but then I start, sit down and look at it again, and I said, oh, no, this is not good at all. <laughs> so it's it, the doubt cre- starts to creep in when I... Uh, start writing my sermon and I wonder if anybody's really going to like it or connect with it or think yep. that it's a, it's a good sermon. So,
1: The good news is if it bombs, you get to try again next week.
0: Right. And then the <laughs> next week. And then the next week.
3: And, and I kind of feel the exact same way on my LA essays that I write. So,
1: oh, Do you really? Mm. Yeah. Say more about that.
3: Well, I feel like nobody's going to like it. And, yeah. Hmm.
1: But you keep working at it anyway, don't you?
3: Yes, and then I'll hopefully get an A.
1: Right. Or, or maybe you get feedback that helps make it better next time. True, true. That's true for Joe and I as well. Yes. And, and the work that we do.
0: And I was telling Addie, too, the other day that I'm having a race uh, coming up in June, a uh, 62-mile bike race, and I start to doubt myself whether I'm going to be able to finish that. So, uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to finish that or, you know, but I uh, think that for all of us, you know, one of the good things is we have people who believe in us. Right, Addy? Mm -hmm.
2: Daddy's bike race is on the same day as my 5K. Yep.
0: It is. Yep. In two different states. I'll wow. be
2: there for my five k
0: you're not gonna be there for my bikers,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Addie, how long have you been um riding horses about two years? yeah, did you doubt you could do that at the beginning?
2: Um, yeah,
1: and now you're pretty good, aren't you?
2: When I heard that I would canter one of the horses, I doubted that I could actually canter him.
1: And now you probably can.
2: Yeah. hmm
1: Yeah. I used to um, not run at all, and then one day I started running. This was probably seven years ago, six or seven years ago. And another year later, I ran a marathon in Hartford. Wow. After having really not run at all. so. I have every bit of faith if you keep running that you're going to get even better at it, even if you don't run a marathon, even if you only run a 5K, even if you only run half of the the 5K. It'll be great. You're going to do great.
3: And I've been there running the half of the 5K. Just trust me on this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Mia's run with me sometimes. Although I hurt my foot a year ago, and I have really not been running since. And sometimes I doubt if I'm going to run much anymore just because I don't want to get hurt. But I keep walking a lot, which is good.
0: That's good. And some of this doubt, it just becomes a mental thing, right? It becomes a thing that we just, like your foot, you know, maybe it might be okay now, but then it's like, oh, yeah, I don't want to hurt myself again. Or having trouble sleeping, it's, oh, well, I'm just never going to go to sleep. The the other side of it is the belief side, because you have other people believing in you. Right. And and then if you start believing in yourself and say, oh, yeah, I can do that. Or, yeah, things are going to be good, and I can go to sleep, or I can, oh yeah, my sermon is going to be okay, or whatever it is, that belief will, will help us get over the doubts.
1: Right, and in the story we read, what Jesus is really saying when he says, put your finger here, is trust me,
0: right? Trust, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah trust me. It's, it's going to, I'm here. And I think even in our worst doubts, we can trust that Jesus is with us no matter what happens next. Right?
0: Right.
3: Yep.
1: Mhm. Awesome. All right. So we've done share, read, and talk. Now we're going to pray. All right. Let's pray. Uh, Dear God, we give you thanks for this day, for a chance to do Faith 5 with friends, even miles and miles away, which is kind of fun to do it this way. Uh, We thank you for that opportunity, and we thank you for um, the faith that you give us, and even when we especially doubt our own abilities to deal with things or to sleep or to get our work done or to uh, work on stuff and present it or to do physical things, that you're with us, that you give us the assurance and the promise that you're with us. And we, we thank you very, very much for that. Um, why don't we go around? We can pray for each other.
0: Doesn't that sound good?
3: Dear God, thank you for always being here for us. And please help Addie with her 5K. I know you can do it.
2: Dear God, um, I pray for Mia and for her to um, have a good night's
0: sleep this night. God, God I pray for, for Jeff, and um, I ask you to continue to watch over him and all the good work that he is doing for his church and, and for the uh, people that he serves. And I ask you uh, to keep him well and that he doesn't, Uh, get sick and that he's able uh, as well to get a good night's sleep.
1: And I pray for Joe. uh, Continue to give him confidence and assurance that uh, his words are true and faithful uh, to your word and uh, give uh, the people there at Faith in Gardner open ears to hear the word that uh, you have given to them. And uh, we pray for this very cold, time and people struggling with a little last gasp of winter, including the four of us, Uh, even though it's spring, remind us uh, that spring is indeed here, that new life is coming, and that uh, the Easter promise is true and for us. We ask for all these things, we give you thanks for all these things, and we give our lives to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we have a blessing that we normally do, but what is the blessing that you guys do? How about we each do what we normally do?
0: Sure. So, Addie, God loves you, and so do I.
3: God loves you, and so do
1: I. Me, yeah, Jesus loves you, and I do too.
3: Jesus loves you, and
0: I do too.
1: Awesome. Hey, thanks, guys. Thank you. This was fun. This was very fun. It was <laughs> great to do this together, and... uh it was great to be able to share it with uh, everybody else out there.
0: We hope that uh, you podcast listeners were able to hear kind of the process that we use for the faith five. And uh, this is something that we hope that will inspire you to be able to connect with your family and, and your friends, the people in your life so that everyone can get a little deeper in their connection with God and, really get in the deeper connection with one another because we, in this space today, we're able to share some of the things that we have uh, doubts about in our life and then on the flip side, we're able to support and encourage each other through those doubts. Are any last words that you want to share with everybody today, Mia? Peace be with you. Oh, those are some good words. And what about you, Addie? Anything you want to share?
1: No. No. <laughs> I'll just say one more time, I know we've talked about it a lot and and did it, but the Faith Five is to share, read, talk, pray, and bless. And you can go on faith5.org, that's faith5, the number, not spelled out, uh, .org, or faithinc.com. And Rich Melheim was the developer of that through Faith Incubator, so we thank him also for the great gift of this.
0: This has been another episode of the Two Bald Pastors. And if you want to connect with us a little bit more, please check us out either at our website, twobaldpastors.com, or Facebook, facebook Facebook.com backslash twobaldpastors. Those particular places, we will have more information about what we are doing, some of the places that we are going, some of uh, the people that we are connecting with, and Uh, we are finishing up episode number 12 which is a pretty awesome thing and we have lots more coming up for you so we hope that you are finding ways to connect with us give us give us feedback on on what you think uh, about this podcast and we take that feedback pretty seriously in creating uh, our future content so thank you for listening and we are once again the Two Bald Pastors helping you connect your faith with your life. Thank you, everybody. Take care and be blessed. Bye-bye. Bye. They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two Bald Pastors.
3: Peace be with you.